so amazing. This is 8th of August, 8801. Um, I think I left some stuff on my Shopee card. I forgot to check out. I think it's all gone. Anyway, it's okay, but God is still in my cart. You know, I'm not going to check out, all right? Um, okay. Um, thanks, Elaine. Now, I, I, I just feel, you know, it's been... I calculated, you know, apparently it has been 32 weeks that the Malaysian schools have been closed physically. You know, 32 weeks. Well, that's a very long time. Um, yeah, and it has also been a source of my frustration because I have to deal with my kids at home um, when we are working and then they just come and shout, fight and all that stuff. So, but it's been all good, you know. So, and I think it's, it's, it's just so long that we begin to just, you know, fall into the motion of things and we just sort of accept that this is life. That's it, you know. And it, I can't probably get worse than this or I can't probably get better than this. You know, I'll just survive with it and we forget about everything else. You know what, I, I just want to encourage you as we start our 40 days fast and prayer, um, you know, let's come to God with an expectation, believing in Him. Uh, and, and keep that sense of wonder, all right? So this, this morning, I want to, um, I just felt compelled to share this message with you. The, the, the title of my sermon is uh, Keeping the Wonder, okay? Keeping the Wonder. You can, if you are sitting next to someone, just tell the person next to you, say, keep the wonder, all right? Or you can just type in the chat if you want to. Awesome. Okay, now, uh, why don't we pray before we uh, go into the Word of God. Father, we thank you for this morning and we can all, come to your presence, celebrate. Even though virtually, Father, we pray that we can, uh, we'll come our hearts down. Lord, whatever that is just weighing down on us, our burdens, our worries, our anxieties, God, we pray that, Lord, you will just lift it up so that we can focus on you, on your word, on the cross this morning. God, we pray that you will slow us down. Lord, we're not rushing, we are not, we are not, there's nothing next on the agenda, but Lord, just you for the next half an hour, 40 minutes. So Father, speak to us, uh, only you could. We want to hear your voice, not the voice of man. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. My screen froze. Uh, is everything okay? All right, cool. Okay. Now I just want to, uh, many, many years ago, uh, maybe I show you, I have a, I have a uh, my wife is JJ, and I have, uh, how do I say, uh, three lovely kids, okay? Um, you know, you can see the photos on the screen. So what happened was, uh, you know, my eldest is Reuben. Uh, the one on the far, probably on your, on the left, you know, that was taken many, many years ago when, when Remus was still like, what, one or two years old. Um, you know, you can see Reuben with his cheeky face. He's, <laughs> Reuben is probably watching this and he's going to be very mad at me when I go home, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> you know, but you know what? I, I remember this clearly when, when my wife was pregnant with uh, Ramus, you know, after, with a third child, you know, just one day, you know, just suddenly, you know, she just told me this one night before we sleep. He said, you know what? For the past six months, I've been carrying this baby. You have not felt the baby kicking in my stomach. For six months, you have not touched the tummy and feel the baby kicking. I, I was like, oh, wow. I didn't realize that. She said, you know, for the f you were so excited when, when, when it was Reuben, when, when it was rainy. You know, you, 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 you would just touch my tummy, pray for them every now and then. But, but for six months, you have not felt the baby kicking. Uh, I, I remember my emotion that time. I was just so broken down. I was like, oh my gosh, what happened? And I realized this. I have lost the wonder of how a life is being formed in a mother's womb. I've lost that wonder of feeling how the baby kicked. I remember it was the very first time when my wife was pregnant, you know, when, when the baby kicked and I feel it in my hands. I was very excited come on, kick more, kick more. You know, it's like, you know, it's like watching a football match, right? So, and then, but, but, but when it was Ramus, I, I, my wife told me, six months, I have not felt Ramus kicking. Wow. You know, I, 
I, I just thought, man, if I could lose such a sense of wonder of a baby kicking a new life, kicking in the stomach, you know, in, in, the, in the stomach of my wife whom I see every day, what more about God that I don't see every day? Could it be possible that I could sometimes, you know, just do all the church stuff, you know, we just do church, we just do this and that, but I lost the, the wonder of God and who He is to me in my life anymore, just like how I've lost the wonder of oh, a baby kicking in, in, in the mother's womb. And ever since, you know, then, my, I, when my wife asked me that question, it has led me to think, you know, have I lost the wonder of God in my life? For, what, for who He is and for what He has done in my life. You know, as I search myself answering this question, in fact, even though many years later today, I am still asking myself this question. You know, I, I realize a lot of things that I do, praying, serving, ministry, and all that, all that stuff, some have just become a responsibility. It, it has become so mechanical that we know Sunday 9.15, we turn up our Zoom, you know, in our probably pajamas, or I don't know, what, what, what is it? We, 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 we just do this, and after one hour, we just go and we just flip a switch, we become somebody else again. Or if it's a cell group time, we come back, you know, we just tune in. You know, it, it has been a routine. It has been so mechanical sometimes. That I, I, I feel that sometimes I lose the wonder, why are we doing this? Do I see God in this at all? That sometimes you probably feel, oh, I lost the joy of wanting to serve Him and the body of Christ. Can I just ask you this morning, you, know, you can just type in the chat, are you really looking for service this morning? Let, let, let's be honest. If you feel that it has been something mechanical, routine, that you just do every Sunday, 10 a.m., unknowingly, you know, you, you, you know, why don't you just type it there? Let's be honest. It's okay. We won't judge you. You know, if you feel it has become a routine, you have lost that wonder. You know, let's, let's rediscover that this morning. You, you, you know what? Ever since the, my wife, uh, JJ, they, 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 the Chinese service started the morning prayer meeting. I don't need an alarm. I will wake up every morning, uh, most of the mornings, uh, at 6, 10 a.m. Because it has been such a routine. Oh, I woke up six morning and I, oh, it's time for a prayer meeting. Go, 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 go. And it has been such a routine, mechanical thing. Perhaps sometimes we just do it because it's part of our schedule and we don't look forward to it anymore. But you know what? I but this morning as we come together, I know it has been since 18 of March 2020, we have been in lockdown after lockdowns after lockdowns. Uh, we don't know when we'll ever get back to physical. But I don't want all of us to get stuck into this religious motion of doing church. You know, previously it was physical service. To now it's Zoom service. Maybe tomorrow or next year it could be something else. I don't know. But I don't want all of us to get comfortable and get familiar with it, that, that we begin to lose the wonder of Christian life. That what is the point of gathering together? If I only can see one another, I, can, I, cannot, I cannot touch you, I cannot feel you. What's the point of us, of me joining the Zoom? You know, joining the Zoom, I can, I'm, I'm only listening to Isaac, or that one preacher talking. You know, nobody else is talking. I'm not even interacting with my friends. What's the point? But I just want to tell you, church, friends, let's not lose the wonder of what God is doing in our life. And that's an amazing thing. You know, I, I always think that when we lose the wonder of who God is and what He has done in my life, then I become a backslider. You know what? You don't need to become a backslider, but you can still go to church, carry your big Bible, teaching in life group, but yet you still lose the wonder of God in your life. You don't need to be a backslider, you know. I can still go to church every week, lead my life group, but God, who is He? You know, ever since my wife asked me that question many, many, many years ago, the one thing I always remind myself, always remind myself, Isaac, keep the wonder, keep the wonder. Never lose that sense of wow on the things. So when was the last time you, you tell God, wow, God, that was amazing, do it again. You know when you were playing with your kids and then suddenly you, 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 you show them a trick and then they suddenly tell you, wow, that, that's amazing, can you do it again? You know, I was just doing like a, a, a seesaw thingy by just holding my hands, uh, my, my, my daughter's and, and my, my son's hand the other day. They just say, wow, that is fun, can we do it again? Can we do it again? When was the last time you tell God, wow, God, what an amazing revelation, what an amazing thing that you did. When was the last time you say, wow, God, wow, can you do it again? 
So this morning, I just want to encourage you, you know, let us discover the wonder of God in our lives again. You know, don't let the lockdowns, getting stuck at home, or the anxiety of life weigh us down, that we totally lose the, the wonder of God in our life. Now, I just want to share with you, let's look into a Bible in the book of Mark chapter 6, verse 1 to 6. Um, Mark chapter 6, verse 1 to 6, all right? Now, uh, in the Bible, you know, we can see so many instances that we can see that there were people, there were disciples, and the crowd that followed Jesus. They always look at what Jesus did or look at what Jesus taught on the synagogue, and they will all feel, wow, they were amazed at Jesus. You know, the Bible always mentioned that. They were amazed at Jesus. They were amazed at his teaching. They were amazed at what he did. Now, let's look into Mark 6, 1 to 6. All right? Now, Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. Wow. Okay? Where did this man get these things? They asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he is performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Now, you know what? These neighbors of Jesus were too familiar with him. They, they, they knew little about him to think that they knew everything about him. Their amazement of Jesus did not lead them to faith at what Jesus taught or what Jesus did, but it led them to offense. The Bible said they were offended. While others were drawn to Jesus, this Nazarene, they, were being off, they, they, they took offense at what Jesus did. You know, many people are just like the people of Nazareth. They hear Jesus, but they don't accept who He says He is. They may be astonished. They may be amazed at what He did or what He taught. But it's not a positive amazement. They, in fact, in, in, instead, they just, they just stumble into offense and they, 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 they were offended by His teaching. Now, in the message translation, it mentioned in verse 3, they tripped over what little they knew about him and fell sprawling and they never got any further, all right? So, we can see here, you know, that, that, that the familiarity of the people in, in Jesus' hometown has actually stopped them or has actually caused Jesus to do lesser miracles among them because they were too familiar with them. Now, one of the things that we could really lose our sense of wonder is familiarity. You know, how familiar are you with Zoom right now? I, I, I remember on, on March 18, when we were all um, in lockdown, when lockdown was announced, MCO was announced, everybody was so resistant to going on to Zoom, you know, uh, to do that online meeting and all that. But look at what happened. 18 months later, we are all comfortable with Zoom. In fact, I just heard uh, last week, you know, in fact, some, some people probably thought, you know, if, even if the physical service will resume, I will probably still be comfortable on Zoom. Because we have been too familiar with it. I can wake up anytime I want. I don't have to do makeup anymore, you know. Girls, why don't I encourage you? I mean, don't, 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 go, don't go and do makeup now. Next week. Next week, okay? Whatever lipstick uh, or that powder, whatever thing you call that thing, you know, or your... your, your I really don't know like, what is that. I know I'm in big trouble, okay? So, uh, use all your makeup stuff that you have never used, you know? Next week, doll up yourself. Is that the right term? Doll up yourself, all right? And come to service. You've probably, I probably haven't seen you guys wear lipsticks or your eyelashes or guys, just comb your hair, okay? And shave, all right? So, okay, so you know what? That's the thing. When we are familiar we just get comfortable. You know, when familiar brings into things mechanical, routine, we just, we just settle with it. We don't bother. We, don't, we just thought, oh, that's it. You don't have a sense of wonder anymore. You, you know what? It's because of Zoom 
you know, our lives are exploded with so much information. In the past, nobody would have imagined that you can attend so many webinars. But I tell you, in these past 18 months, I have attended so many webinars that previously I thought I could only attain all this knowledge by going for physical conference. Our life has changed. We have become familiar with Zoom. We just thought, ah, I just love it. I wake up from my bed, five centimeters away, that's my chair to my workstation. Switch it on, watch the service. As I sing the song halfway through and I realize I forgot to brush my teeth. Oh gosh, how familiar am I with this now? You know what? Familiarity will kill that sense of wonder. You know, that's this saying by this Japanese guy, Miyamoto Musashi, said this. You should not have a favorite weapon. To become over familiar with one weapon is as much a fault as not knowing it sufficiently well. Right? When we are too familiar with something in our lives, you know, we, we were just taught, oh, that's it. This is just how we use this weapon. We probably don't think about anything else. We, don't, we, we totally lose the wonder. And that's why if you have been traveling, like especially now we hardly go out. Every time I go out, I always use a different route. You know, um, I even thought maybe I should go all the way to Batu Fringi, then only you turn back to go to Gurney Plaza. <laughs> you know, so that I can say, see the wonder of Penang again. Wow, Penang is so beautiful. You know what? That's the problem. When we are too familiar, we, we, we lose sight of the wonder of God. That's the same thing. When we are too familiar with our tool, we lose sight of the goal that we have. You know, so often we use our tool to accomplish a goal in our life. It could be your work, it could be anything. But you know what? When we are too familiar with the tool, we, we obsess the tool. In fact, the tool has become our God and we totally forget about our goal. And that's the thing with our, with our spiritual walk as well. We have become too familiar with what we do at church, with what we do at Zoom, that our routine has become so mechanical as it has become our God instead of focusing on God. Wow, you are so wonderful. Are we so familiar with Jesus that we have totally lost sight of who He really is? You know what I tell you, church? Familiarity is not a... We all do get familiarity, familiar with stuff, but familiarity without earnest faith is a problem. I can get familiar with what we are doing now, but I need to have faith in that familiarity. You know, we need to be honest, especially some of us who have been around, who have been a Christian for a very long time. You know, there are a few things that are more dangerous than being bored with Jesus. I give you permission to be honest if you want. I mean, seriously, there are times sermons can be bored. Probably some of you are sleeping and lying down. You know, oh, Isaac, it's just too boring. Or maybe some Bible study, or maybe you find quiet times uninspiring. But be careful when Jesus has become dull and ordinary to you. Some of us have been around Him for so long that we no longer are amazed at Jesus anymore. Can I, can I just encourage you this morning? If you, if the, the, the problem is this if you have been staying in familiarity for a long time, I tell you what, church, don't get familiar with Zoom. You know, I, I'm looking forward to the days we can come back physically. I'm looking forward. You know, that is a hope. You know, I'm looking forward to meet God. And that is a hope. Don't get familiar with the things of the world. You know, you probably think that if I do this, I'll get that. If I do this, I'll probably get that. It worked. This formula worked before. It should work again. See, that's the problem with familiarity. We, we just stick with it. Now, you know what, church? The problem with staying in familiarity is this. When we move beyond the familiar, most of the time we encounter resistance and then we drop back off. We just, pretend, we just prefer to stay in our familiarity zone. Let's go back to the verses now. You know, those guys were familiar with Jesus. They just thought, oh, this guy, carpenter, you know, isn't he Mary's son? The brothers of Judas and all that stuff. And you know what the Bible said? The Bible said they were offended. They were offended. Now, the word offended here is, it means, uh, in the Greek word, is scandalizo, all right? Which means to snare or to cause to stumble. Okay, we get our English word scandalize from it. It carries the idea of making someone outraged, shocked, disgusted, dismayed, or appalled. Basically, it means to become angry or upset by something that another person has said. So, so you, you see, right, uh, the, the, the familiarity among the people have actually caused the people to take offense at Jesus. 
I cannot believe it. You know, Jesus was preaching and talking, I mean, teaching them, but they just, because of the familiarity, they just, become, they just took offense. Now, the interesting thing about offense is this. It usually involves something very small. I mean, we talk about people stumble, right? People rarely stumble over something huge, correct? I mean, if there is something on the floor, maybe it's Elaine's shoe, okay? I could probably trip on that and stumble. We, we often get stumbled by something small and not something that's big. I couldn't be stumbled by an elephant in the room. You know, I, I, I wouldn't miss that because I can see there is a wall, that there is something that's blocking. I wouldn't get stumbled. But often we, we stumble over something that's small in our life. And you know what? Familiarity is that small thing in our life that will cause us to stumble. And when we stumble, we take offense. Amen? I just want to encourage you. Let us not get familiar because it will then lead us to take offense. And that is why if you, if you notice, oh, why Zoom again? You know, why, why do we meet again? I, it's not like I can voice out what I feel, what I like. You know, I cannot even sing. People can't hear me anyway. Why do I sing? You know, and then we become offended. It all happens because of, you know, offense. And then you know what happened? When you've got familiarity and you take offense, and then you will become to have, you will have unbelief in your life. Unbelief is determined refusal to believe. You know, in response to the people's unbelief, Jesus chose to, not to do any miracles. I mean, he, he does a few, he did a few miracles, you know, but he just did very few, you know, in miracles in Nazareth because of the people's unbelief. You know, because the people of Nazareth had already set their rejection in stone, therefore miracles were unnecessary. You know, when, when, when people refuse to believe him, no matter what evidence is presented, even if he would do many more miracles, if, if Jesus were to do many more miracles, it will, just, it will just harden their unbelief even stronger. You know what? Jesus was having grace on them, in fact. Because he knew if he were to, you know, it's not that Jesus was not powerful, not capable to do more miracles. But he knows because they, they were familiar with him, they didn't honour him, and, 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 and they took offence. That's what the Bible said. And if Jesus were to do more miracles, they are able to get more and more offended and it will just fuel their unbelief towards Jesus. So Jesus was just giving them grace so that they do not build on their unbelief. Today, in your life, and I've been asking myself this question, God, is there unbelief in my life? To an extent, I don't see you move in my life anymore. Is it because I took offense at something, at church, at you, and that has caused me to have unbelief in my heart? And that's why, you know, I just feel like, oh, it's just a routine, wake up, go to work, come back, dinner and all that stuff. And you feel that there's no breakthrough. Perhaps it's time for us to just come back and say, God, wow, I want to be amazed at you again. And that's why, you know, it's always start with familiarity. And then we take offense. And then when that builds up in our life, you know, we have unbelief in our life. And that's why there is no sense of wonder anymore. Whatever God said, you know, we will have, no, it's just only for Him. When we hear testimony, you know, when we hear a testimony say, of how this you know, that this person and that person get healed. Ah, yeah, just lucky lah, that guy. You know, where got so where got where got such testimony one? And we heard testimony of how a person gave to God and and, and God blessed him with promotion and increment. And we say, oh, this guy is just lucky. We we will just have everything, every statement ready to counter whatever good things that we have heard when we have unbelief in our heart. Because there's no more sense of wonder. And you know what? It's the same with friendship too. You know, if I were to see a person walking on the road outside Prestige Hotel, I probably won't take offence at him or her. Uh, he's a stranger anyway. We often take offence with our friends, right? It's probably the small little things that our friends do. For example, you know, maybe Joey came, buy a cup of coffee for Elaine, never asked me if I want a coffee. Small thing, I took offence. You know, you know? <laughs> 
It, it happens to friendships. It's always that we are familiar with our friend. I, I don't need to say thank you, Anna. It's okay. He understands or he understands my heart. Or our family. You know, that's why we never say thank you. He is expected to do that. You know, if you're sitting next to your husband or your wife or your girlfriend or your boyfriend, why don't you look at him or her right now, eyeball to eyeball, say, thank you, dear, for all that you have done. Come on, let's not get familiar with him or her. Do that. Do that. All right? Or if you are sitting with your parents, I see Dominic lying there nicely, you know, like a boss. Woohoo! You know, <laughs> so uh, why don't you say thank you to your mom and your dad? Don't get familiar with that. You know, that, that, that's, that's, the, that's the thing. And, and, and you know what? It happened in the Bible for 40 years. In the Old Testament, the Israelites fed on manna for 40 years. That was a very, very long time. You know, imagine God were to tell you, you will be in lockdown for 40 years of your life, but don't worry. Every day at 12 o'clock and 5 p.m., you just go out to balcony. I will rain manna and, and croissants on your balcony. Just pick. Just go there and collect. But don't worry, 40 years of lockdown, I will send you croissants, bagel, and manna every day. But Saturday, you collect double portion. And you know, that's what the Israelites did in Exodus 16, 35. And the, and the children of Israel ate manna for 40 years until they came to an inhabited land. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Right? They had the same problem. They ate for 40 years. You know, God sent them manna and they complained, all right? If you look at Numbers 11 verse 4, it says this, Now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense craving. So the children of Israel were also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? Meat. We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. There's nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. You know what? Because in the desert, there was a generation of Israelites who were born in the desert. They did not go through the Red Sea. They did not encounter the miracles that God has done for them while bringing them out from Egypt. You know, they did not experience all the wonder that God did for them. They were born in that desert and they knew they wake up, they, they knew that God will rain food on them and they've been doing this their whole life and they complain. What is this manna again? We want leek. We have never tasted garlic and onion. Have you been, can you imagine that a generation that was born there never, never experienced garlic and onion before? They complained because they were too familiar with it. You know what? They totally lost the sense of wonder that, wow, God, you brought us in Egypt. You brought us out from Egypt. Divide the Red Sea. Wow, God, that's amazing. And you rained down manna. But after so many years, they got tired and they complained. They took offense in their heart. And there are so many times they fall to unbelief. Friends, I pray today we don't fall into this. Perhaps it's time for us to check in our hearts. Is there any unbelief in our heart? You've probably been praying for something for a very long time, but you just, you just somehow decided, perhaps it's, ah, I just give up. God, don't hear me. God, don't answer my prayer anyway. You, 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 you have that unbelief that God will, will reply, will respond to you. Perhaps it's time to just unpack where, where does that unbelief comes from? You know, does that unbelief comes from an offense that you have took because of you are too familiar with something in your life? And, and, and you know, church, it's important. And that's why we often do this every time when we... And, and that's why when we, we come together every first week of the month, we always have Holy Communion, right? Holy Communion. And I know it's different having Holy Communion at, uh, at home. Some of us uh, have it with the wine and a chapati. Some of us have it with biscuit, with ribena. I don't know, whatever it is, but, but, it is, but it's, it's okay, all right? And that's why I, I love this, this, this chapter in, in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six 26, about, about the, the Holy Communion. It, it says, when, what you must solemnly realize is that every time you eat this bread and every time you drink this cup, you reenact in your words, actions, and the death of our master. That means you are proclaiming the death of Jesus, all right? Um, you'll be drawn back to this meal again and again until the master returns. You must, let, you must never let familiarity breed contempt. 
Okay? You'll be drunk again and again and again. That means as we come to do this Holy Communion again and again and again, we must not let this familiarity say, ah, it's just another communion. No, we should do it in the right heart and the right honour. Amen? And that is why in, in, in the book of 2 Peter, uh, chapter 1, verse 5 to 9, it says this, but also for this very re- reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Now, I want you to, to, to see the same verse in the message translation, okay? Um, the message translation says this, so don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given, complementing your basic faith with a good character, spiritual understanding, alert discipline, passionate patience, and reverent wonder, warm friendliness, generous love. Now, the message version translated the godliness to reverent wonder. Now, I just want to tell you this. Godliness is not a state of perfection. You know, we, we want to be like God, you know, but, but we, we, we want to pursue godliness, okay? But it's just not, it doesn't just mean it's a, it's, a, it's a state of perfection. Godliness is the reverent awareness of God's sovereignty over every aspect of life and the determination to honour Him in all, in all one's conduct. It's the reverent awareness of God, sovereignty over every aspect of our life. You know, that's why, you know, we can, we can practice godliness, we can pursue godliness, even in our career, because we want God's sovereignty to rule over every aspect of our life, our thought, our words, our deeds, our, our relationship, our, our career, our business, our studies, everything, by just having that reverent awareness. Wow, God, come, Shake up my career that I will shine for you. Shake up my relationship that I will shine for you. Shake up my school that I can shine for you. This is all we need. We need to have reverent wonder again. And I pray this morning, if you have lost that, I pray you, God will open your eyes to be able to see Him in a different light this morning. You know, just as the people were amazed at what Jesus did, but unfortunately, that amazement of Jesus did not let them to pursue Him or, or, or a greater faith to be birthed in their lives. They took offense. And then that's it. But I know, you know what? It's something interesting. And, I, and as I was just preparing for this, I, I realized this. You know, those guys were amazed at what Jesus did. Apparently, there were two times in the Bible Jesus was amazed as well. Okay, Jesus was amazed at the people. Now, let me show you the first time. The first, the first time when Jesus was amazed was, uh, was, was this verse that we just read just now uh, in Mark 6, okay? Um, it says, He could not do any miracles there except lay his hand on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. Now, the second instance where the Bible mentioned that Jesus was amazed was this, in Luke 7 verse 9. He said this, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such a great faith even in Israel. So you know what? If you want Jesus to be amazed of, of, of you, two things. One, lack of faith. Two, great faith. You choose. It's our decision. Jesus was amazed at both that extreme. You know, in the Bible, he mentioned he was amazed by their lack of faith that he couldn't do anything. But he was also amazed at that great centurion's faith that he was, wow, I have not found such a great faith in Israel. Wow, as I looked at it, I thought, man, now I understand. He was amazed at lack of faith and such great faith. There's no middle ground. And that's why in the book of Revelation, Jesus mentioned, I, I pref- I'd I rather you be cold or hot, not lukewarm. I will speak out of my mouth. Remember that? So today, would you, I mean, something that we can all do is 
let us all have that sense of wonder. Look at God. God, wow. I want to look at you, the things that you've done, who you are with a sense of wonder again. Break every single routine, mechanical familiarity in my life that has led me to take offense on the things that you have done or, or, or whatever it is that has caused me to then grow and believe in my heart that I just thought, God, you will not move in my heart anymore. The virus is just still around. God, where are you? I, I, have, I have lived in a state of unbelief that you will actually do something in the midst of this pandemic. And, and I love this excerpt from this book, Rocket Man. You know, it was from an earlier Apollo space exploration program. I, I heard it from um, a, a podcast or something. And this guy, this guy was just saying, uh, what, what the astronauts were like when they first returned from outer space. You know astronauts, okay? Um, when they first returned uh, from outer space. So this was uh, uh, an observation by a nurse, okay? And, and, and she said this. They have something, all right? A sort of wow look, I would say, as if they have fallen in love with a mystery up there sort of as if they haven't got their feet back on the ground, as if they regret having come back to us, a rage at having once come back to earth, as if that there they are not only freed from weight, from the force of gravity, but from desires, affection, passion, ambitions from the body. Do you know that for months, astronaut John Glenn and Wally and Scott Carpenter went around for months, looking at the sky. You could speak to them and they didn't answer. You could touch them on the shoulder and they didn't notice. Their only contact with the world was a dazed, absent, happy smile. They smiled at everything and everybody and they were always tripping over things. They kept tripping over things because they never had their eyes on the ground. They were always looking up, looking at the sky, recalling their experience on space with a sense of wonder. Today, I wonder how many of us could still look at God with that sense of wonder in our life. How do we do that? How do we keep the wonder? You know, in Matthew 18, verse 2 to 4, it says this, Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom. You know what? We need to have the childlike faith. We need to be like the little children that Jesus was referring to, having the humility and a teachable heart. Probably we are too familiar with things, we took offense, some, and God sent someone to teach us, to rebuke us. We, we just don't bother. We were, we were offended. You know what? Children are amazed at almost anything, or, and they could learn everything, and they're they very teachable. How do I know that? I, I can see that in Ramus. He's only like six years old this year. Um, Ever since MCO started, we, we started catering for food, you know, in that, I don't know, the Hokkien, what you all call that, wah zan thing. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, tiffin carrier. Okay, so I have to go down to ground floor to pick that up every time. You know, every, time, every day at 12 p.m., I will, I will just have to go down, bring up the food, and then so that we could have lunch. And, and you know what amazed me? Every time when I come up, Ramus will run to me. Daddy, daddy, I missed you. And then give me a hug. I thought, I just left like five minutes ago. <laughs> but to him, you know, oh, you've come back. I missed you. And then he just give me a hug. And I realized, wow, it's me who have gotten familiar with this. Oh, just another hug. Hey, come on, go away. You know, let's let's get, get things ready for lunch. No, 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 don't waste time doing this. I realized I've been too familiar with this. And but for him, every time, never fail. You can ask my wife. When I go down to take something, if there's a delivery guy, and he will run, Daddy, I miss you. And then he will just run. He will, Mommy, I miss you. 
And when I see that, I got reminded again. If I would be like him, running to God, like, wow, God, you're here. Wow, God. That's such a beautiful time spending with you. Have a childlike faith. Be teachable. Be teachable. You know what? For a child, they are always so grateful. You know, thanksgiving is another key for us to keep the wonder. Thanksgiving opens the pathway for us to come to God. And that's why in Psalm 100 it says, enter His courts. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Right? Enter His gates with thanksgiving. So thanksgiving opens a pathway for us to God. And you know what? The Israelites, they don't have thanksgiving in their heart, they were complaining. So the opposite of that is complaining, murmuring, murmuring, murmuring. And, and, and therefore, we, when we don't have thankfulness in our heart anymore, we complain. And when we don't have the childlike faith, we thought we know it all. Do, do, you, do you remember this? I, I know City Light started with all 90%, all of, all of, all of us are, are, are students. You guys are, were, were high school students. You know, you guys don't know anything. You know, whatever Pastor Daniel say, you guys will do it with all your heart. But over the years, as you've grown, as you become an engineer, as you get a degrees, master, and we begin to think that we know a little bit more. Hey, who's pastor? Pastor, no, this won't work anymore. Yes, that time it works because we don't know anything. Now, no, 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 the world has changed. Pastor, this is old school. We don't even honour our pastors sometimes, I feel. Seriously. I, I, I could sense that. I mean, like Pastor Daniel, we just have such a great heart. He wants to... He wants to just invest in his time, his energy into, your, into, into our lives. But, but, but I feel some of us, we just treat it as if, oh, Pastor, don't need like someone else, not today. That this thing, I don't need anymore. Maybe when I was a high schooler, yes, now, come on, nothing has changed. If you can treat Pastor in that way, are you saying that you can treat God the same manner as well? God, I don't need this anymore. I've, I've already accepted, I believe in Jesus Christ. What do you want? Let's wait for eternity. I, I can't wait for heaven. No. Don't do this. And I pray this morning, this morning, you will have a different perspective of Jesus in your life again. It could be a time where we could pray, say, Jesus, there are some things I believe about you. But there are also some things that have been very stubborn when it comes to you. I refuse to believe it. I refuse. So this morning, could you please help me to overcome my unbelief? If you could trust God with your life and believe in Him that He will give you eternity, we can trust Him for everything else in our life, every single aspect in our life. You know what? And I pray right now, wherever you are sitting, or standing I challenge you if you have never done this before why don't you stand in honour to God to Jesus don't let the familiarity of just sitting there lying down on the, on the couch and just watch this sermon get you down you know what why don't you stand on your feet right now wherever you are I, I can't see you, but I, I want you, you know, I don't want you to stand up for me. I want you to stand up to honour Jesus. They say, today, I am not going to get familiar with Zoom anymore. I've attended service on Zoom for so many months. Nothing happened. But you know what? I believe God will invade any single space that you are standing in. I want you to believe for a big breakthrough in your life. You have probably stopped believing. You probably sing into your unbelief thinking that, oh God, you will never come for me. I've asked for this, I've asked for that, I've lost my job, I've lost this, I've lost that, I've lost so many friends. But you know what? I want you to believe something. God is still God of wonder. If you will come back to Him today, He will do an amazing thing in your life and He will restore the sense of wonder in your life today. Come on. Don't get familiar with Zoom. I'm, I'm tired of that. Let us honour Jesus with our best, with our best posture.
keep our wonder on Him. You know, I, I'm, I don't mean to scold. I'm sorry if I sounded too loud. But you know what? Today, I want all of us to look into our hearts. If there is unbelief in our heart, trace how that unbelief grew from an offense. Perhaps it's from someone at church, from someone at home, our friends. Because their offense came because we were too familiar with them or we were too familiar with God. We've taken God for granted. How are you supposed to do this anyway? I come back every Sunday. I, I pray for forgiveness. You're supposed to forgive my sin anyway. You are God forgives. And therefore, we don't value that anymore. You know what? Last week, I got a message from my sister that one of my childhood friends who's about two years older than me, you know, she just passed away because, I don't know, the, the, the cause was not known. Some say it was COVID. Some say it was not. And at that particular moment, I broke down. And because these few weeks, there were so many friends, relatives, or, or friends of my dad, family friends who have, who have passed away. And, and suddenly on one night, on Wednesday, a, a Tuesday night, it, it gripped me that to be able to wake up every day alive, it's a wonder itself. You know, I said this last year in April in my Facebook. Perhaps God is sustaining our lives today. He has not let us gone. He has not let us call us back home because He's not done with us. Think about this. There are 200 people who die every day in Malaysia. But you know what? We are still alive today. We are still in this Zoom room. Think, think about this. God is sustaining our life. Isn't that a wonder? And what does that mean to you? How would you live your life from this moment off? Do you want to waste your life with offense, unbelief? Come on, friends. Let's not live the same way anymore. Let's not get familiar with things anymore. And let us come to Him and say, God, whatever is between us, God, this morning, I want to honor you. I want to honor you. So as the team leaders in this song again, I want to just come before God. Let Him speak to us and let such our hearts and let us worship Him. this song it says is it a fragrance God that moves your heart if it is I will pour out my oil or is it a life laid down 
then here is my vow. Or if it is the song that I sing, God, then here is every melody. Whatever it takes for you this morning to come back to God and say, God, I, w- I, I want to regain back the sense of wonder of who you are in my life again. Whatever that is standing between you and God this morning, why don't you ask Him, God, is that a fragrance? I'll pour it out. Is it my life? I will, I will vow. This is my vow to you. I will, I will live a life that will honor you. Or is it a song? Here is every melody. You know what? Let nothing stand between us and God this morning. I don't want... I don't want familiarity to stand between us and God that's causing us to live a mundane, boring Christian life. You know what? A Christian life is a breakthrough, victorious life. You know, God wants to pour so much through you, do so much miracles through our lives that people will see Him in us. Would you allow Him to come in and break every single mold of familiarity in our lives? This morning, oh, hallelujah. Shakara balaba lalayala. Sige. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I want to give you a chance, an opportunity to respond to God right now. You know, we haven't been doing altar call for a long time on Zoom. I can't see everyone, but it's okay. It's between you and God. It's time to be honest. If you know it has been you have been living a life stuck in unbelief. Oh, no, God won't do that for me. Oh, that's not what God will do for Malaysia. Oh, no, 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 with such a time like this, no point to trust God anymore. Let's make more money. Oh, no, 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 oh, God, I've, because I've been offended. You know, the church has offended me. The people in, your, in the church has offended me. My friends have offended me. Oh, because why? We were too familiar with things. You know, if that is you this morning, I want you to just, I don't know, you can just raise a hand through Zoom. Nobody's looking, but our host will will assist you. If that is you, at a count of three, you know, just raise your hand right now and we will pray for you. Just, thank you. I don't know if anybody raised your hand, but I'm sure God can see that. If that is you, we just have to step up and say, God, yes, that's me. I have been living my life in ruts. In unbelief, I've living in the light of God. You are just a routine for me. Today, God wants to restore that sense of wonder in your life. Amen.